Our next sponsor, Infinite Search Solutions, is Northeast Ohio's premier recruiting and placement service. They make it easy, fast, and simple to find the right people to help you build the perfect team. I personally know Matt Burns and his team. They will find you the candidates you need. Call them today at 440-249-0485 or visit them on the web at www.in-finite, that's F-I-N-I-T-E dot com. Matt Burns, thank you so much. We love you, Infinite Search Solutions. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey guys, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. I want to thank my last guest, Andrew Vogel, the new head coach at Hiram College. He's got a lot he's facing, uh, bringing a program back from uh, literally uh, like the Phoenix from uh, from the ashes of, of 1987 was the last time they had a wrestling team at Hiram College, but a great D3 program be, uh, being reinvigorated uh, through this crazy time of COVID. So hopefully he can get a, a good uh, team for the first year and bring that uh, program back. That's what we're all about is bringing programs back. Today I have in my studio and on the phone wrestling royalty. Absolutely. I am so excited to have these two brothers in. I've got Tom Milkovich from the famed and storied Milkovich and Maple Heights uh, wrestling family. Tom, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. And on the phone, I have his baby brother, Pat Milkovich. Pat, welcome. Thanks a lot, Pete. Great to have you guys in. So what I want to talk about is an incredible run that the Maple Heights program had, and then, of course, how you then went on to do some incredible things, uh, actually record-breaking things that took a long time to break at uh, Michigan State, the home of the Spartans. So you went from uh, a Mustang to a Spartan. Uh, But blood time is about the connection between the coach, and you had the ultimate coach, uh, your father. So I'm going to turn it over to Tom first and talk a little bit about that relationship, because that's what blood time is about, about the unbelievable Mike Sr., well, he's the guy that made it all happen, and his biggest gift was the fact that he knew how to work the psychology of sport. And, and of course, we knew our wrestling, mm-hmm. and he had us. He had a style that we followed. Our 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 style was we take you down and we escape, and we don't give you a two point move. Okay. And if you can do that. Uh, on all your matches, just avoid getting any giving two point moves for takedowns, reversals, or panning combinations, whatever. Then you could always win a match, no matter who you were. We were in super condition, right? But my father really had the key. It was the mental part of the game, and that's is so much a key with all sports, actually. Sure, sure. You know? yeah. Well, he seemed to also connect with that whole 
that whole community though too i mean wasn't he just like a I mean, he just was, a, he, it seemed like he really gave of himself as well. Without a question. I mean, he did so many acts of kindness in our community for people. Mm-hmm. We had a heavyweight one time, and my father asked him, hey, you know, why, why doesn't your mom or pop come to the wrestling matches? He said, well, uh, coach, my, my father is a cripple, and, he, and it's too hard for him to get in, up and down the steps of the house. Wow. Well, unbeknown to anybody, he showed up with... Uh, assistant coaches there the next weekend they built a, a, a ramp so this guy could get his wheelchair down the ramp to go see his father right and the first time he saw his son wrestle he he was literally in tears he oh. just and it's things like this that my father did that sure yeah made it separate him from most individuals in the coaching field he's just one of those type of people yeah and you know that's that's really what this is about you know and how yeah. did how did that affect that kid who knows right and who he affected to, it's just amazing to right? this day that that kid reveres my father as godlike, you know. Sure, absolutely. Although my father passed away, I mean, yes. Joe Hanselcheck was his name, and he just absolutely loved my father. Oh, and and you know, and I, I was uh, I, I saw you at the funeral. Uh, yeah. I stopped in, and you were very gracious. And I I heard Jamie, your nephew, did an unbelievable job eulogizing yeah. your dad. I couldn't talk, but he could talk at that funeral. <laughs> and I heard he was what, really elegant. He was, he was awesome. He, he is. He's an incredible guy, too. Yeah. You know, continuing the Milkovich legacy at yeah. Maple right now in a very different world, right? Right, right. Very different world. Right. Uh, but also, too, um, you know, he also had a style, and I remember you guys had this incredible fireman's. Yes, right? sure. And, um, and barrel roll. And the barrel roll, right? Right, right. And you also guys were, you know, the first, you, you, you were like Iowa before Iowa. You just would go, 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 and just right. exhaust your opponents. And you had some unbelievable opponents. I mean, Claren- Clarence Eckert, wasn't he at Euclid? And yes, you had yes. uh, the Garfield Heights coach, and you had uh, Matavina at, at Cleveland Heights. I mean, you had some right. incredible story right. programs. Even the Greater Cleveland Conference, was, you couldn't get a better conference in the United States than yes. just the Greater Cleveland Conference at the time. But Pat will attest to this, too. My father went after the best competition he could get. Sure. He would pull teams from out of state. Okay. Uh, Detroit Central Catholic he brought in. He brought a great team in from Pennsylvania. If they were great, my father put them on a, on a schedule, and that was something else unique about my dad. He he never dodged competition. He sure. wanted the best competition there was. Sure. And, and he, he geared us up for it. You and know? he set the stage for others. So it, Without you know, a question. Ed's is doing that. Yeah. Parish Graham, the, yeah. the, you know, your, your Iron Man is the ultimate testament to, to your father's, yes. you know, uh, vision. And, and Pat, I'm going to get to you as the, as the baby brother of all these unbelievable athletes uh, that you came. I, I, I talked to Jim Kalins, and he said uh, to relate a story about how you had to do something to get a soda pop. Was there some type of uh, competition that you did with your brothers to get a, a drink of soda pop? <laughs> okay. Uh, so there was one about we don't for some reason we my my dad always had things set up to if everything was a competition. Right. You couldn't go fishing to fish. It was quarter on the first fish, quarter on the most fish, quarter on the biggest fish, kicking the pants, whatever. <laughs> I love you it. Couldn't play, you couldn't play ping pong in the garage. Just play ping pong to enjoy the game. Right. You gotta you gotta push up. For the loser, there's a, you know, uh, well, my brother's instituted pain um, <laughs> consequences with punches in the arms and 
zaps and they, you know, it's just the way we were. Everything was a competition. So right. there's one bottle of pop left in the refrigerator. Okay. So run in there and everybody wants it. Well, there's no such thing as sharing. Right. We have to wrestle off for it in the living room. How fun. So they start with Mike and Dan. Okay. My dad's got a big grin on his face. Yeah, watching you. What a great idea. I got the kids competing here for a bottle of pop. Mike it. and Dan go in and they're going tooth and nail takedowns. Then the winner of that has to wrestle Tom. Okay. <laughs> then the winner of that's going to wrestle me. And of course, I'm the smallest. Right. I hate wrestling. I want to be a figure skater, you know. So, okay, so I have no shot. Oh, my God. So while they're in there wrestling, I grab the bottle of pop, run down the basement, and drink it. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> my, dad, my dad laughed so hard. Oh, my he God. Says, Kevin Patty says, you outsmarted everybody. I, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, it's and, interesting. Go ahead. Well, going, I want to mention something. Going back to what you originally asked in the beginning yeah. about what made uh, what made him such an effective coach. Yes. Uh, part, part of it was the style, and Tom hit on it. He, he had a way of connecting with kids emotionally. Sure. Kids that... Uh, maybe the principal, they were always in trouble. He had a lot of those kids in broken homes and, sure. you know, lots of arguing and fighting at home, but they found peace and they found a lot of success right. through wrestling. And my, my dad would get these kids that were kind of, oh, almost lost in a sense. Right. Hey, why don't you come up? He put his hand around them, around their you know, shoulder. He rubbed their, hey, come here, come here, boy. Let me talk to you. You don't need to, you know, be a jerk in school. Why don't you come out for wrestling? You got muscles and you're a good looking kid but it just made you feel like god i can be a part of something yes. and, and he did this he did this in a community a 5.1 square mile community i know he didn't get move-ins he didn't recruit the right. cleveland area he wasn't out shaking the bush hey come wrestle for maple heights he used the kids that the community produced right right and i mean howard ferguson didn't happen to have an epiphany about right. wrestling right. in a year. Right. That all started because of my dad, because of my brothers. No doubt. Yeah. You guys absolutely were the the, the, the Well, story. we went over and helped Howard out in the beginning. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know Romano was over there, yeah. too, as an assistant yeah. coach. I interviewed yeah. Frank, and he talked and, about how he went there. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, Pete, that happened in a one-year period. Yes. The year that the Milkovich family got involved with Howard. Right. And and Frankie and Gary Ceresi and a few other people. Right. We brought the Maple Heights style of wrestling into that room. No doubt. Okay. He didn't all of a sudden get wrestling religion and become a great coach. No doubt. It was it was because of us. Well, I'm a product of that too, Pat, because Beachwood was exactly the same. Coach I did not. I Marino did not reinvent the wheel. He took the brilliance of your dad. And we were takedown artists. Mm -hmm. We took you down, let you out, and just just demoralized you. Yep. And you know, a little Jewish school, right? Had oh, fifteen state champs. Oh, that that I mean, really you know, something. Actually. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Even to this day, they're still producing good good wrestlers. And so I I could not be more of a disciple of that. I mean, I was you know I was never anywhere near a good wrestler to that quality. Yeah. But I was a fireman's guy. I believed yeah. in that. You know, and well, so. The other thing my dad did was he created this style of wrestling mm -hmm. that it virtually, you can, you put that style of wrestling, you take Mike, Dan, Tom, me, yep. put us in a wrestling room. We, yep. I don't care what, it, it could be college, it could be high school. We will improve that wrestling. No doubt. Yep. Because the style is so sound. Yes. And it's simple. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, 
lots of people don't understand the fine points of teaching. Everybody teaches fireman's carry, but how come one school like Maple Heights can hit it much more often and with more success yes. than any other school? Right. No question. Everybody knows it's coming. They knew we were going to do stand-up. They knew we were going to do fireman's carry barrel roll. Right. And they couldn't stop it. But you took your match to them. Oh, yeah. You yeah. took your match to them. And if they beat you, they beat you because they were just flat out better. Yeah. You know? I always say they beat us because we had lousy coaches. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody beat either one of you very much in high school. I mean, here we're talking about uh, arguably uh, one of the two, two of the top five wrestlers that ever come out of this state. Um, and I, I have the opportunity of had having uh, Alan Freed on my staff uh, at Beechwood uh, back in 14, 15. And uh, I've known Alan since he was a kid and watched him wrestle. And probably he's in the, in the same top five there. But you know, you guys came from an era where you weren't weren't able to wrestle as freshmen. Right, college, we were only right? sophomores our right? first year. Yeah. So you know, so you didn't have the chance to be four time state champ. No, but you probably both would have. We no, think. We think. You don't so, think right? so? You don't think so, Pat? Why? Me be four time? No, no way. So I was I was fortunate to win it my senior year. Okay. Uh, I just I didn't like wrestling. I didn't care for it. Um, I tried to quit in eighth grade. That didn't go over. <laughs> okay. Well, let's 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 talk a little bit about that. How did you how did you fight through that, and what made you become a national? Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you how I fought through it. My dad says nobody's quitting in this family. Not you. Not your brothers, your sisters, your mother. Sure. Damn it! You're going to wrestle whether you like it or not. Okay. So I wrestled because that was the only option I had, yes. and, I, and I didn't like it. Well, but I but. At the same time, mm-hmm. while I'm swinging on the ropes as a little kid, uh, you know, while I'm brooding, brooding about having to do something I really don't want to do, I was listening. I yeah. was listening when he said, on bottom, okay, you got to hit a stand-up. You can't get broken down. Don't get your wrist tied up. Right. On top, you got to catch ankles. Right. Break a guy down, get his wrist. You know, on your feet, work the head, bang it. Yep, yep. You know, work well. on set. I listened to all those things, even though I, you know, and I wanted to be, I wanted to be like my brothers, since that's all I had sure. um, to do. I was only going to wrestle, yep. um, but I wanted to be like them. See, my, my father had a plan for the four boys, okay, okay. in the family, because uh, he wanted us all to get a college education, but yet he was a teacher, a school teacher, and supporting six kids right? living in Maple Heights, which is certainly a blue-collar community. Yeah. And and we just didn't have the money to send six kids to college. So he said, you're all going to be good wrestlers. Yeah. And therefore, we're going to get scholarships to go to college. Gotcha. And you know, Pete, that's exactly what happened. All four of us went to school on full rights. Right. You know? right. Well, I, it, didn't, I didn't at first, Pete. I walked out of Michigan State and got a scholarship after that, after I won the NCAAs. I was going to, wow. get, I was going to get to that, Pat. Yeah. Pat originally came up to Michigan State as a walk-on. Right. And I told Pat, I said, Pat, don't worry, we'll have you on scholarship by mid. Yeah. And, and Pat wrestled some great matches in the early part of his sure. career. Um, as a freshman, he knocked off Mark Mastery, who was second in the nation wow. in the Midlands tournament, Holy in God. one of the greatest matches I ever witnessed in my life as a freshman. Wow. And so after that, you know, we just went to Grady. He said, I sort of told Grady, I said, Grady, we got to pull Pat out of school. He said, well, what for? Yeah. I said, well, he's not on any scholarship. My father can't afford to put him through school. Right. Next thing you know, Pat, he said, don't worry about it. We'll get you a scholarship. And he was on full ride, and rightfully so. I mean, one of the best wrestlers ever to come well, out. Well, I mean, our, our, I, I do believe uh, that 
you're the youngest national champion of all yes. time, right, Pat? Yeah, but who cares? Well, you know, I mean, you know. I, I that, really, here's what I hear all the time. Yeah. I go to the NCAAs, I get the magazines and all that. Right. This guy was a, uh, uh, you know, a legitimate freshman who wanted from Cornell or from right. Iowa or from whatever. Right. Nobody says nobody says a word about me being 18 years, three months. Nobody cares. Yeah. They only care about you know recently and. Uh, well, I care. You know, I care, and my audience is going to care, believe me when I tell you. So that's a pretty cool thing because we had Lee Kemp on, and he talked about how he was just, I think, 18 when he beat Gable in that Open. So there's some there's some good young blood coming out of uh, out of Ohio back back in those days. And, uh, you know, that's a quite an accomplishment, Pat. So with that, let, let's take a little break, commercial break, and we'll be back. Men, are you looking for that great suit or sports outfit made out of the finest fabrics and made-to-measure tailoring? J&A Custom Clothing Tailoring and Alteration will come to your home or office and give you that fashion statement that you will be known for. Call J&A Custom Clothing and the owner, Joseph Alberstadt, at 216-513-6165. That's J&A Custom Clothing. 216-513-6165. I want to thank Serve Pro of Beachwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beachwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beachwood. That's Serve Pro Beachwood, ShakerHeightsClevenHeights.com, 216-464-4498. Operated by a former Allstate wrestler from Beachwood, we love Serve Pro of Beachwood. And we're back with the Milkoviches, Pat and Tom, wrestling royalty out of Maple Heights and the Michigan State Spartans. We talked about uh, Pat uh, winning his first uh, NCAA title at 18 years, three months old. Uh, the same year his brother Tom won it at 142. Uh, so it, it was the first time brothers had won it in the same year um, ever in the NCAA that were not twins, but also just brothers. Uh, that had to be something special for the Milkovich family, Tom. It was wonderful, and uh, I most recently this past year I was um, uh, lucky enough to be inducted into the Michigan State Athletic Hall of Fame. Yes, and um, the reporter asked me, "What was your proudest moment there?" Right. And without a hesitation, my proudest moment was watching my little brother win a national title. Yes. Two weight classes before I had to go on. That's crazy. Because he was only 17, just turning 18 years of age. And, crazy. And, uh, you know, we had worked for that sure. that year, Pat and I. We drilled together. Sure. And we, we ran together. Ran right. together. Friday night, Saturday night. When yeah. the rest of the campus is out partying, we're running, we're yes. working out, we're yeah. drilling. So, and and that's, what, that's what, you know... I didn't mean to get off subject. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 Pat. That's people, what this is all about. Understand. People don't understand a lot. I hear kids all the time, oh, I want to be a state champion. I want to be a national champion. Do you have any idea what you need to do? It's well, insane. Yeah, you work hard. It's yeah. more than working hard. You, you yeah. have to do stuff that other people aren't willing to do. Right. 
Right. And it's a it's a holistic thing. It's eating, it's sleep, it's uh, mindfulness, it's all that, right? Yeah. It's all that, but it's also the drinking and the partying. And right. For a lot of kids yeah. in high school and in college. Yep. The only thing that changes for them when season starts is now they have to go to practice. They don't give up any drinking. They don't give up smoking. Right. Getting high. They don't. They don't get up at six o'clock to go run. They aren't in bed at ten. Right. Right. Yeah, we talk about that every day in practice at at, at both Beachwood and Chagrin Falls, and we were committed to that. And as a coach, I'm committed to that as well. Well, so. training right and doing the right things yeah. has meaning to it, Pete. You yes. know, it, it just does. You you gain a confidence in your in yourself because you've done the right things and the hard work above the and beyond the other people. Right. That when you step out for any sports or in life, sure. you're able to, to uh, compete and compete at the highest level you can because you've done the right things. It, it sticks ready. in your mind. It sticks in your head. Right. You know, and it it's works. your foundation. Yes, yeah, your foundation. It's your you foundation. Well, you guys you're, are... The thing, is, the thing is, you're yeah. ready. Yes. When I, when I won it my freshman year, I didn't know how the national term was going to turn out. Right. I stopped, but I'm ready. I am I am ready because yeah. I'm doing everything right. My yes. timing was perfect. My stamina was perfect. My setups were perfect. Action reaction was perfect. I was I wasn't. Have Your to brother was perfect. My <laughs> brother was. Well, I'll tell you what. Without without Tom, without Conrad Callender, without Jimmy Fisher, sure. without uh, Lonnie Hicks, yeah. I don't win a national championship. Right. Right. Yeah. You've got to get that. You've got to get that push in the room. You've got to get that. You know, feeling uncomfortable and and just pushing yourself and just one more one more minute to go. You know, it's like that's the thing about wrestling, right? I can't go one more minute, and you then you do it, and then you do another more. Yeah. Mi- you know yeah, what I mean? It's crazy. Something. In practice, Tom and I would be wrestling, and Grady'd say, our head coach would say, "This is when the buzzer goes off. We're gonna take a three minute break." We yep. were so mad at each other, so pissed. We we're slugging each other in the head, and we're wrestling <laughs> right through the break. Sure. I can't tell you how, and the whole room would sit around and watch. Yep. And Grady would say, okay, time break. We aren't breaking. We aren't breaking until somebody scores. Right, right. No, that's the. No, that's just beautiful. And, and you know, the proof is in the pudding. When when you hear the, the accolades and the, the accomplishments that you guys had at Michigan State, I mean, Tom, four-time Big Ten champion, never lost a Big Ten dual meet. Well, the record it stood for forty some years. Well, yeah, I mean, with the last guy, the the next guy to do it was David Taylor, followed yeah. by Ed Ruth, right yeah, yeah, at the story Penn State. Yeah yeah, 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 crazy. Pete, not only did he not lose a Big Ten meet, uh-huh. he didn't lose to a, an opposing Big Ten wrestler in anything, whether it was the Midlands, yes, whether it was NCAA's, whether it was a dual meet. A, it didn't. He didn't ever get beat by any opposing wrestler from a Big Ten school in anything. That's the that's that's the the term dominant is that's the definition of it and uh, and then you win your fourth with a broken collarbone beginning yeah. of the year right no the day before the Big Ten tournament oh my god oh my god oh, that's just it, crazy. Was, it was a horrible story I oh. was sitting in practice practice had ended yeah and I was sitting there do we have time for this sure okay yeah oh no we're, we're, and, we're gonna and I, this, yeah. I, I I'm thinking to myself wow. Four yeah. years went real fast at Michigan State, and I'm sitting there in the practice room by myself. All the kids had left. Yeah. And this, our 158-pounder, Pat knows him. His name was Rick Green. Yeah. He comes running in the room. He hadn't even showed up at practice. He was late. Yeah. And he's out of breath, and he looks at me. He says, Tom, Tom, will you wrestle with me? I, I, I'm, i like, way overweight. I'll never make weight tomorrow unless you oh, wrestle with me. And wow. I said to him, Green, I'm done. I'm on weight. I'm underweight, actually. I'm going to go home and have a nice meal. Right. That's that. Right. And uh, he's begging me. 
Yeah. So I sort of got mad. I said, all right, yeah. gosh dang it. Yeah. I put my wrestling shoes on. I said, we're going three takedowns. That's it, Green. Three takedowns. That's it. Wow. And so I hit him with the fastest cross single leg. Yeah. And I picked it up in the air, and I went to kick his back leg out. And I don't know, we were in sweat or something. We both went up in the air, and he came down right on my shoulder oh. and broke my collarbone. Terrible. So I go to the health center, yeah. and our doctor, Doc Fuhring at the time, says, Tom, I'm afraid your wrestling career is over. You can't wrestle with a broken collarbone. Yeah. And I said, Doc, you don't understand. I'm going for a Big Ten championship, the fourth, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. I've got to go. Just tell me how I can tape this thing up and go. Right. And then after that, a week after that, I'm going to try to win another national title. Yes. So, and anyway, great. We taped it up, and he gave me some real good morphine pills. <laughs> Back in the day, right? Yeah. And I, I, I muttered myself through the Big Ten term, as yeah. Pat will attest to it, but yeah. uh, uh, that was the story, right? The day before the Big Ten championship. And and oh, what wow. I was going to mention, too, because Pat was talking about how you win these championships and yeah. the hard work, yeah. but there's also luck involved. Of course. you yeah. got to have some luck. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. You get the right draws. You, you know, you're healthy for the big tournaments when well, the big health. competition comes. Health, yes, is so oh, huge. Yeah. Oh, without huge. a question, you, you know? know, within the tournament, within the tournament, without itself, a question, absolutely. It's hard to wrestle with a broken collarbone. I'm no question about it. And, and you know what? Yeah. Uh, your your all your muscles in your neck and your shoulder atrophied within four or five days. No question. You've got no strength when yeah. it's all over. No question. And that's what happened to you in the, in the Nationals. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, but I'm saying you need luck. You Absolutely. Know? Well, you know, and, and Pat, I'll throw this back to you. You're a four-time NCAA finalist, a two-time champ, and, you know, right? Fortune had shined its face on you, you know, your freshman and junior year, yeah. right? And yeah. It, it didn't necessarily shine its face 100% on you as a sophomore and a senior. Am I correct? Uh, junior, senior. Oh, I'm sorry, junior. Sophomore win, junior, right. senior. My, my bad. I got those dates. And, I'm and, sorry. And, 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 yeah, but, but you know what? I look at I look at my career and I look at uh, where I was projected sure. in terms of future success. Yes. Not even on the map. Right. To be a four-time finalist, uh, not too bad. I had some luck. Yes. You know, Tom says I had luck. I had luck. You know, freshman year, the number one seed, Sheriff Ajita from Oklahoma State dislocates his shoulder first round. Yep. Well, you know, but there were a lot of fourth and fifth year seniors in my weight class. Sure. That sure. were angling to win. Sure. Sure. Right you know? there. And, but the thing was, as I told you earlier, I was ready. Yes. I was, and I don't know. I, I would. I would have met Vegeta in the semis. He beat me six three in a duel meet, and mm -hmm. the coach came up from Oklahoma State, Tommy Chesbro, after the match, and he says, "Son, I want to tell you something." Yeah. He says, that's the closest match Vegeta's had in two years. He says, you keep wrestling like that, you're going to do pretty good at the NCAAs. Yeah, you never know. You could have taken him out. Absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe not, but I'm right. just saying. Right. I was freaking ready. Yes. Well, the thing yeah. is, the thing is, yeah. Pat lost those junior and senior years, but there were overtime matches, one-point one right. matches. Right. It, th uh -huh. They could have gone either way. Right. The, the six losses I had in my lifetime, all six matches could have gone either way. They're just one-point matches. Right. Right. I mean, I, I, it's conceivable if, with any luck at all. I never lose a match. Sure. Or Pat never loses a match, you know, sure. and that's how close it is. Well, those overtime referees' well, decisions. I mean, we had Lee Kemp in, right? That's right. He lost his freshman that's year. That's right, yeah. Overtime, I mean, in today's today's rules, he's a four-time NCAA yeah. champion. Yeah. And maybe maybe same same thing with Pat, you that's know, right. depending right. upon the rules exactly. change. And that's, that's I don't like, I never like that arbitrary 
right. uh, viewpoint to give it into uh, the, uh, the the referee's uh, hands. In all, in all honesty, I think my senior, I just flat out got beat. I was up three to one after losing seven to four. Okay. And that's the worst. That's the worst I've ever been beaten is by three points. Yes. Yes. I got pinned one time in my life. I threw a lousy. Granby role my freshman year in the Midlands against a guy named Billy Davids from Michigan. Okay. And he just had me there. And my dad used to tell me in high school, he'd say, damn it, I'm going to tell you something. You don't understand that technique well enough. Because I used to hit it in high school once in a while. Right. And he said, you're going to get someone in college is going to stick you with that thing. And by God, I got stuck. I cried <laughs> for two weeks. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, that, that had to be a very traumatic time. And it's sad because... Pat, I see kids getting pinned left and right in our sport now, and there's no shame to it. And I don't know what, how on God's green earth we got to that. Oh, I know. It's terrible. I mean, pinning, it would, I, you would rather, oh, my God, you'd rather die than get pinned. Uh, yep. I mean, there's three, three things that I learned very early in my wrestling career at Maple Heights. Yeah. Okay? One, if there's anything worth having in life, I'm probably not the only guy who wants it. Right. Number one. The second thing is... There's a lim- you get limited opportunities to do certain things right. in your lifetime, and once they're gone, you never get another chance. You get Amen. You, get four, you get four chances in high school to be a state champion. You get four chances in college to be a national champion. Amen. Okay, and then everything boils down to habits. Success yep. is a habit. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And two of the easiest things to do in life are to be happy being average or to quit when things get difficult. Yes, those can be habits too. And I see guys get put on their back and they don't fight like hell to get off. You don't mind it. Yep. And that was something my dad was able to instill in us when we were wrestling. When you put that Maple Heights uniform on, it means something. Yes. You, you probably scored a couple points just by being able to put that uniform on and step on a mat. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you, you know, I, 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 I tell you, I when I took over, I took over Beachwood in 14 and then retired and then took over Chagrin Falls just recently. And the one thing I instilled in these kids, I said, if you're on your back, first of all, don't get put on your back, but if you're on your back, fight like someone's trying to take your mother away from you. And something clicked with these kids at both schools, and they stopped getting pinned as much. They still get pinned because they're still the kids of this generation. No disrespect to the kids of this generation. I got one sitting to my left. But it's just a different world, and you have to yeah. appeal to them because they don't get it. Right. They don't get that's it. Great. And that's part of mediocrity, and that's why we're seeing a lot of mediocrity today. But right. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I got two excellent guys here. I want to talk more about after you graduate and do some incredible, both of you do incredible things at the Spartans under Grady Penninger, under Doug Bluebaugh, you know, Olympic champion and Hall of Fame coaches. You go out in, into the coaching world at both the high school and Division One level and meet some incredible people. By the way, while you're there, you meet some incredible people like Brad Van Pelt, Joe DeLamalier, Steve uh, Garvey, incredible athletes from different sports surrounding you. So you're getting all those types of things hitting you as well. But tell me some of the stories about the coaching that you did and some of the, the, the guys that you coached that went on to do some really cool things. Tom, I'll turn it to you. Well, first, um, first of all, um, the, the coaching of wrestling is, is one aspect of it. And I've never really had a problem with winning. Um, my kids always won. It's just a matter of if they were better athletes and so forth, they won bigger sure. titles and so forth and so on. But I'm, what I'm most proud of is the fact that my kids went on to be successful in life, right. in businesses, as lawyers, as doctors, as as engineers, you know. Sure. And, and 
they credit me with a lot of their success for life. And I, truthfully, Pete, I don't know what I did gotcha. to make that happen. Gotcha. But um, it, it's been said over to me over and over throughout the years, you sure. know, Coach, I, you know, the reason I'm the CEO, the reason I'm a great engineer or I'm a doctor or a lawyer is, right. is because of the things you taught me at, at North Olmsted or, or at Auburn University or wherever I was coaching. Right. And so, um, to me, that's really what this is all about with sports, because you only have a certain amount of time that you're going to be involved in sports. And there's no use of you getting nuts or crazy over your sport, because you got to prepare yourself for life, and that's far more important than than the, the time you put in for, to your sport, okay? But the sport will give you everything and take away nothing. And that's what happened to the kids. And, and for that reason... I'm very proud of what the kids did after they graduated and went on and didn't wrestle for me, how they did in life, because that was important. Did they have successful relationships? Did right. they have kids? And, right. You know, the world's a tough place these days. Oof, Look at yeah. it today. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. you got yeah. factions of people against each other, right. you know, whether it's religious, whether it's race, right. and then we throw in COVID-19 and, yeah. and all this stuff. The world's a really, really tough place. Yep. And so for that matter, you know, the sports is a tough arena that can prepare you for it. And that's what I did. That's how I tried to approach the game as a coach. I love that. I love that. And, Pat, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you have similar stories, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, you know, it's, it's not so much what wrestling uh, what you learn in wrestling is what wrestling teaches you and sure. it's about discipline, about respect, about following rules, about setting high goals, about teamwork. Yep. Okay. Um, respect for authority. Yes. I mean, those are, are the types of character traits that all sports should teach you, but wrestling seems to be, it's just a, a real special arena right. to bring those out. You know, you're talking before about guys on their back. You can't teach heart, but yeah. if you got heart and you got pride, you got that no quit mentality, it'll yeah. come out in yeah. a sport like wrestling. Well, it's a very honest sport. You can't hide. So it, I love it, that. It reveals no. character. It reveals it. Absolutely. It, it reveals I, character. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, but, but all the things you learn, if you want to be successful in wrestling, well, by God, there's some things you got to do that, uh, like I said before, that other people may not be willing to do to be where you dream of being. I never, right. I never dreamed of, I want to make the team at Michigan State, or I just want to qualify for the Nationals. My whole dream from the very moment I knew I was going to college was, I want to be an NCAA champion. Yes. That was my goal. Yes. It wasn't to make the team to have a winning season or to qualify. Right. Because I've had kids on teams that had, I'd ask kids in the beginning, what do you want? How good do you want to be? Oh, I'd like to qualify for state. Okay, so what happens when they qualify for state? They qualify to and gone. Gotcha. Because that was their goal. Or they, or something goes wrong preliminary to that, yeah. and they don't even make it to state because for whatever reasons, you know. They, like I'm thinking, if, if I don't win the NCAAs or state championship, maybe I'll be second, third, or fourth. That's the way I thought. Okay. And that, I, I mean, I ran like I wanted to be an NCAA champion. I drilled. Tom drilled like he wanted to be a national champion. Right. We wrestled and practiced every single day like we wanted to be national champions. When we went out to wrestle, even if we, we had an easy match, and I see people do this all the time. They're giggling. They're screwing around. They're trying to pin a guy in 10 seconds. We wrestled. Everybody we wrestled, we looked at as if 
this is for the national championship. So my strategies, my setups, my techniques are just as if I'm wrestling for the championship. Because when we get to that point of the championship, I'm ready. Yeah, that's that's the key. And so you you went into coaching. And Pat, is there any any guy that stands out in your mind that you'd like to share a story with that has gone on to do some incredible things in the world? Well, Jimmy Mason from Parma and St. Ed. Yes. yes. Jimmy Mason, I'll tell you, what, what, a, what a kid. He, he did some amazing stuff. He, uh, All-American for us at Michigan State. Right. Um, I want to say twice. Okay. Anyway, he, he's, you know, he looks like Casper the Friendly Ghost, yes, right? He does. <laughs> yes. Like bone white. And right. And then he's got these little skinny arms. And I remember him wrestling a guy named Trezino from okay. Iowa. Stark. Trezino was about... Yeah, about five foot three, and I mean, just built like a Greek god. Right. And then there's Mason, and, and the crowd was almost laughing when Mason walked out because he's got no definition. Right. I right. mean, you can't tell his pecs from his knees. They right. don't look the same. Yeah, he's fish belly white, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's got these little skinny arms. Well, Trezina goes out there. He's probably up going right. third period, but Mason now gets to take top position, and he slaps on his spiral, and he starts walking it around, and Trezino's fighting it, and those big muscles get tired of battling after a while. Right. Mason ends up beating him, sticking him on his back two or three times. I love it. And, and beats him. And I'm telling you, man, just and, and you talk about a kid that had grit and no quit and, and didn't like to lose and but was just such a competitor. Um, he sticks out in my mind. Mike Potts from Akron College. Oh, the Potts heavy. boys. Yeah, John and Mike. Crazy. What a what a what a what a great, great kid that was to work with two time All American for us. Um Sure. And then you had the Blazet brothers that wrestled for my brother Tom. That team, my brother Tom, had down in Auburn. Oh, Those yeah. kids that left and went on to other schools yes. did fabulously. Not because they were away from Tom, but because of the basics and the fundamentals and the teachings that Tom put in, instilled in them. Right. Allowed them, Clary Anderson goes on to be NCAA champion. Yep. Yep. For, I mean, come on, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's and crazy. It, and that is, I'm going to tell you, Pete, that's all Maple Heights wrestling. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I know a couple of Beecher guys were going to go down there, right? Fisher and Stone? Yeah. Yeah, we had Fisher and Yeah, we had David Fisher and uh, Ricky Stone wrestled yeah. for me in Alabama. Great kids. Quick quick story about Fisher. Fisher um, was the reason why Zimmer was a four time first four-time state champ. Because Fisher would have beat him hands down, and Zimmer uh, admits to it. But Fisher dislocated his sternum in the in the quarterfinals at state and literally could not wrestle and so zimmer zimmer wanted that year and fisher would have fisher was like going to be the, the state champs so i i have a good story for you here at uh, auburn university i had a young man his name was jeff bannon okay and you asked me the greatness of sports and what things happened during sure. the course of their career as a coach or as a wrestler and anyways, Jeff Bannon was a walk-on at Auburn University. Sure. He was from Alabama, and he was a tough guy, but yeah. he could never cut it because the guys I had recruited in from Ohio, oh, Pennsylvania, sure. yeah. they were just so much better than sure. Jeff Bannon, but he yeah. never quit for four years. Wow. He was a walk-on. And his senior year, uh, I was so appreciative that he stayed out for four years. I put him on a partial scholarship. Nice. The sad part to the story is, he gets married in a certain number of years go by after his college, and he's his wife's pregnant, about to have a baby, and his wife sends me a letter and says, um, uh, 
I just want to let you know that Jeff had uh, Lou Gehrig's has Lou Gehrig's disease, oh, and he doesn't sure. have long to live, and he's not going to be able to see that our child that's born. It's going to be a boy, and he his his most cherished time that he ever ever had in his life when he's wrestled for you at Auburn University, and he would want me. He asked me if I would write you so you could write a letter about him and how he was at Auburn University and, and during those periods of time. Well, you try to write a letter like that, uh, and you just can't hold your tears back. It's, sure. it's just so difficult. Sure. But what did I do or what did we do at Auburn University that this kid who got beat for four years in the wrestling room right. stayed out for wrestling and wanted to be a part of the team right. and end up with Lou Gehrig's disease and then dies? Yes, yes. I mean, it's stories like this in sports that really – set you back and make you think, okay, I won the national championship in four right. Big Ten times. But yeah. Certainly this story has more That's your currency, man. That's yeah. your wealth. You understand that's what I'm wealth. saying? And that's the DNA of your dad. Yeah, exactly. And your DNA exactly. of your dad now is affecting that sadly deceased yeah. son. Exactly. Because he's he knows that there was somebody like you in your his dad's life. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's the beauty of blood time, right? This right, is blood that's time. Right. This blood is what time. this is all about. You, you know got what I mean? It. And so, and I know that, you know, Tom, uh, I know, you know, we had Coach I in here talked about his um, his grandson who was murdered uh, in, in Chardon. And I know that you had a traumatic thing happen to you with Candace in, uh, yeah. in college. And, and you used that, that, yeah. that, that tragedy to fuel whatever you, you used to do what you did with that and then take that lesson into the real world. I know. We were in love. Of course. We were in love. Of course. That girl and I. And we had planned on getting married when we got out of college. And it just didn't work out that way. Watching her die in a car accident. Sure. Take her last breath was very dramatic. Sure. And you got to pick yourself up too, you know. Because you still have another year to compete and stuff. But life doesn't always go the way it is it's supposed to go and the same thing in wrestling matches it doesn't always go the way you want right you try to prepare the best you can and 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 you train the best you can you do the right things but you know it just doesn't always go the way you want it to and you have to make your adjustments and so that's what you have to do and I, i i appreciate you sharing that that little bit of moment with us and guys i i could talk to you guys for ever i mean you're just awesome and pat you're incredible um and what we do at the end of blood time is we ask the guest and guests to leave us with a nugget you know a little treasure to take to the audience uh that you have taken from the sport so i'm going to turn it over to pat first and then i'm going to end with tom all right i'm going to tell you a quick story about a kid named gary seracy oh I love gary one of, my, one of my big inspirations sure in high school him and rick cornell but yep. Gary Seracy, when I came in as a sophomore to Maple Heights High School, Gary was a junior. Okay. And he hadn't wrestled. If you don't, at Maple Heights, when you're a senior, you don't get to wrestle junior varsity. You better, you're either varsity or you're just a workout partner. Gotcha. Anyway, Gary's a junior at the time. Okay. And he and I have to wrestle off. Yep. I beat him. So I'm on the varsity spot, and he shared duties with another guy on the JV spot. Okay. So now we're going to go to the senior year. Gary's wrestling up a weight. I'm 107, and he's 115. Right. And he's second string to a guy named Pat Bowen. Okay. Pat Bowen was tough. Right. Pat Bowen, third match into the season. Now, Gary is working out just like he's a varsity guy. Right. And I, 
we're, we're working out one day. My dad would bring us in on Sundays. We'd run the halls for 45 minutes, just run the hallways of Maple Heights High School. Sure. And I asked them, and then we're done, we go climb ropes. And I'd look at him one time, and I said, why are you doing all this? Yeah. You aren't even going to wrestle this year because of Bowen. He says, you know what? If your dad ever needs me, and it's just for one match, I want to make sure I'm ready. Brilliant. And I'm thinking, he's not going to wrestle at all this year. Bowen breaks his leg. <laughs> wow. Freak accident, breaks his leg in practice. Tracy steps in, goes undefeated for the rest of the year. Until he wrestles Paul Schonauer from Euclid in the district finals. He loses in overtime. Okay. Goes to the state tournament, makes it to the finals, beats DeMarco from Garfield. Yes. To get there. Anyway, Gary gets to the finals of the state championship, and he's wrestling Schonauer again. He's down three set third period. He gets out. They go out of bounds. My dad gives him a signal, bang the head, hit a fireman's carry. Yeah. Gary nods, walks out, boom. Takedown, back points, state champion. Unbelievable. That is the kind of kid, that's the kind of inspiration that my dad was able to pull out of kids at Maple Heights. That's fantastic. And what he's done in his career, unbelievable. Gary, I mean, from coaching to administrator to a politician to just good guy, you know, supporter. Great guy. And, and, and without Ricky Cornell, yeah. as, as one of my stable mates in there, yep. I'm not a state champion. Sure. He made me. Yep. Yep. And that's the same story I'm hearing from Lee Kemp too. He said my my biggest my biggest guy was his drill partner at University of Wisconsin who he used to kick the crap out of, but he says every day he gave me everything. He said he you made bet. me he made me that guy. You know what I mean? So it's just incredible. But and if you got wait, I got one more quick one about Greg Johnson at Michigan State. Sure. When I came in as a freshman, I walk in, we go down to the re- to the wrestling room, and I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm number five okay. in my weight class. I'm, there's two guys on scholarship ahead of me and then two upperclassmen in front of me. Wow. i got to wrestle all these guys off to make the team. Wow. I'm going, holy crap. Yeah. I'm like, I'll never make this team. Well, long story short, I'd wrestle Greg, Tom, Conrad every single day. I right. had the best guys in the room to wrestle. I got the crap kicked out of me every freaking day. Crazy. And I'd cry at the end of the practice. I'd, practice was over. I'd, Head down the hallway, sit under stairwell, put my sweat, my, my hood up over my head, and I just sit and fall. Right. I can't believe I'm getting beat so bad like this. I'm never going to make it. Yeah. Well, and Greg Johnson used to beat me up so bad. He's the one that made me cry at the end of practice. Besides my brother Tom, he's Tom <laughs> first, and then Con- and then uh, and then Greg. Anyway. Yeah. It comes probably middle of December. Okay. I'm wrestling Greg one day, and he's beating me up so bad. It's the last thing we're going to do, and I start to whimper. I couldn't wait to leave practice to cry. I start crying right there. Oh, wow. And he's on top of me and he says, Patty, yeah. cry all you want. I'm still going to kick your ass. Right. It's the last time I cried in practice. I love it. And then and then in in, in uh, February, mm-hmm. Coach Penninger calls me in the office. I got to talk to you. I said, why? And he says, come on in. I come in and I said, Coach, what do you want? I don't skip class. I don't right. cut school. I don't, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, I, what, what am I doing wrong? Right. He says, uh, Craig Johnson was in here yesterday and he wants to quit i said why does he want to quit because he can't beat a freshman that that was a turnaround for me and then we all greg wins i win my brother tommy wins my brother tom's match to get to the finals to beat lloyd keezer from navy was oh unbelievable. wow yeah scores, scores a takedown in the last 10 seconds to beat him three to two then he goes out and wrestles gable i mean uh Bowings. oh yeah Bowings, a hell of a match right. one of the greatest matches i've ever watched and beats him eight to four. And I'm going to, uh, it's just an unbelievable story. But anyway, those are my tidbits. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Thanks, Pat. And Tom, 
my tidbit, and it's for the wrestling world in general. Yes. And uh, I'm not going to tell a story about myself or what I saw, but my frustration with the fact that we have so many numbers of kids that come out for bitty programs, and then we lose them by the by the time they're seniors and, yeah. and they're in the high school area, right. and the and the pickings are getting less and less. And you've got to ask yourselves the reason why is this happening? Okay. And and it, it, it's been my opinion all along that to wrestle all year long is insanity. Okay, it's yes. just insanity. Have them be a kid, enjoy the world. <laughs> when I was when I was their age, Pete, yeah. Yeah. my father. When the wrestling season was over, yeah. Pat will tell you we didn't go and keep wrestling all summer Throw long. Throw the baseball around, football, we, we, yeah, whatever, anything, anything, another. Right. Yeah, learn something. Right. We went up to Canada, stayed in the wilderness. We fished, sure. we hunted, we built cottages. Right. We lift heavy rocks. We had right. all kind of competition. We talked about this all the time and bring bring the the creative and the mentality of other sports, other activities into our sport. And become that much better. So to right. tell a kid to wrestle nowadays, you want to tell them to wrestle all year long. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. And it's cost a lot of money for those parents to take them all around the place and, and wrestle all year long. Okay? Yeah. Number one. Number two, we're not doing this sport for the fans anymore. We're doing it for the wrestlers. And this is wrong. Very wrong. Right. Because you have no power if you don't have people in a gymnasium to watch. Yep. So what do they do? They do wrestling tournaments. And, and and you're going to be sitting in a gymnasium from 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock in the morning all the way till night, and the next day the same thing. Right. People don't have time for that. No. So you're losing the fans, especially right. the kids in school. They're not going to sit in a gym for two days to I, watch I, wrestling. I couldn't agree with you more, and people are starting to hear that, and they're starting to to, to shorten the, the actual tournaments. When I graduated from high school, Pete, Yeah. My record coming into the sectional tournament was 13 and 0 or 12 and 0 like sure. that. All dual meets. All dual meets. Right. And all packed houses yep. where we went. Uh, there were there were full the gymnasiums were full of people. Mm -hmm. Why isn't this happening anymore? I couldn't agree with you more. It's 100%. happening because people would enjoy an hour and a half worth of a sporting event and then go home. Yep. Not yeah. Not twelve hours of it on Friday and and Saturday for crying out loud. We're, we're we're killing the sport because we're doing this. Yes. And any person in wrestling wants to differ with me, I I, I challenge them because I'm telling you this is the wrong thing we're doing. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think colleges are are recognizing that. And you'll see all their tournaments are in December and then dual meets. And I'm trying to do the same thing in high school. Because dual meet rivalries is what I mean. I've been you know I coached Beachwood versus Richmond Heights. And in 1979, we packed that That's gym. Right. It was insane. It and was so, insane, yeah, and that that was yeah. a beautiful journey for Without you, wasn't question. it? Absolutely. To have yeah, the to have your it. kids mm -hmm. from the school, your buddies, yep. girls, guys, whatever, absolutely flood the gymnasium to cheer for you. Absolutely. We had that going yeah. on. I went to the Maple Mentor match in 1975. Ray Barrett had That's a tough right. match, and that, I watched that. It was it's we, we, in my memory. We had that. We yep. had the best. The best thing going on in wrestling, and yeah. we destroyed it because these people, these coaches in wrestling, going crazy. Wrestle year on yeah. tournaments and yeah. tournaments, so we get more matches in. Yeah. That means they don't have to coach as much because their kids wrestle more. You know, right. it's it's a terrible thing that we're doing, and it, it isn't going to stop. No, you know, no. Well, we got it. We got to do something. We got to do something. Just a dovetail on that, Pete. Yeah, we only wrestled once a week back then. Right. We had right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to work on technique and strategy and right. you know, you know things. 
now you wrestle twice a week, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, and then you've got something Wednesday or Thursday, but you don't go hard Wednesday, so you're wrestling hard Monday, Tuesday, but not really much on Wednesday. Yeah. And you got something Thursday or Tuesday if you got something Wednesday, and then Friday you're going east because you got a tournament Saturday. And we're, right. we're not coaching. Yep. Yeah. We're it's just a, competing. It's a different it's a different mentality, there's no question about it. And I'm you know, I, I've had to evolve to some degree as a coach, and I understand what you're saying, and, and that's what I'm trying to get back to an old style. And it's schedule. hard. It's hard because your competition's doing it, so you no you got to join in a thing. It's like the the no the sheep that are going over the side of the yeah. the mountain. They're all following each other over the side of the mountain. Yeah, and that's what's happening with our sport. Yeah, there's some contrarians out there, and I'm kind of one of them, and I'm trying to get this information out there, and I appreciate you guys saying this well, because it's, it needs to be heard until it changes. Yeah. We're going to be losing these kids in wrestling. I agree. Where we shouldn't be losing. I agree. We we had so I'll never forget going to Maple Heights. We had a hundred and twenty kids one day come oh, sure. out for wrestling in the oh, first. And sure. every program I coached at along the way in those years, they were full of kids that because they all wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. Now not so much. You're lucky if you can find a team that has a whole contingency of weight classes filled. No question. I've coached those teams. Take yeah. 20 teams, right. there might be one or two of them that have a whole contingency. Yep. I agree. My era, would that never happened. Right. We had, not only did we have a varsity, we had a JV. Not only did we have a JV, we had even had rinky-dinks after yep. that. Yeah. I never had a bye in all my entire career. Never had a bye. And you yep. know, yep. like you say, you yep. walked in a gymnasium, it was full of people that were full screaming, yell, and yep. that was the excitement. I agree with That's you. what made our sport great. Yes. And they're just yeah. screwing it up left and right across the nation. Yeah. The top leaders, yeah. the top names in the sport, they're all in it. Yeah. They're all complicit. Yeah. And that needs to change. I agree. And with until you. that changes, Pete, yeah. we're going to be having a tough time in our sport. You'll see. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And I, I want to, I, I, listen, I guys, I can go on and on with this. And yeah, I think I you made your points. It's fantastic. And I want to leave a story and then I'm going to, I'm going to close it up. The story is from the Jewish Milkovich family, the Weiss family. Uh, great people. <laughs> great, great people, guys. right? Earl, Gene, and Lenny. We love them. Similar story, the Pat. The Weissoviches, I love it. The Weissoviches. So, so this is the this is the Lenny Weiss story. He was he was the Pat Milkovich of the Weisses. Okay, he was the baby, and he used to have to sleep in the same bed. All three of them slept in the slept in the same bed, right? And, you know, Earl and, and, and Eugene were pretty badass but dudes, they right? They were. They were. And so Lenny figured, how am I going to get a good night's sleep? You know what he did? He peed the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? He got a good night's sleep. He got a good they night's got, sleep. They, they, they slept, they, son of a gun, they beat him up, but he slept <laughs> on the floor, and he slept in the bed. And that's blood time, baby. That's a funny story, <laughs> That's Pete. blood time. Yeah. So I want to thank Wrestling Royalty, Tom and Pat Milkovich, the storied Milkovich, Maple Heights family, thank you for coming in, and good luck to you guys. Whatever you're doing in life, continue to, to spread the gospel of Mike Sr. Our thank pleasure. Thank you, and it was my pleasure. Our thank pleasure. you very much. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. This is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Happy Father's Day, even though it's two months before. Happy Father's Day. We are all blood. Love to all. I want to thank... JTL Construction, run by three former wrestlers, Jeff Leonard, Jason Effner, my co-founder of Wrestlers and Business Network, and Mike McLaughlin, started 
in 2004. They the total project excellence from concept to completion. They're general contractors, construction management, development, third-party project management. And these guys, former wrestlers, former coaches, actually, I, th I think Jeff still coaches, wonderful guys and supporters of the uh, St. Ed's program and the great Greg Urbis. We want to thank JTL Construction. Reach out to them at builtbyjtl.com. Again, Jason Effner, Mike McLaughlin, and Jeff Leonard. Thanks so much, JTL. As a thank you to the wonderful Milkovich brothers, Pat and Tom, we have in studio to pay tribute to not only the Milkovich brothers, but the Milkovich family and the incredible legacy of Maple Heights Wrestling. In studio today is Jamie Milkovich. Jamie, thank you for coming in. Please talk a little bit about that legacy. Well, Pete, first, thanks for having me. Um, believe me, I've been asked a lot of times to talk about the Milkovich and the Maple Heights Wrestling legacy. And uh, initially, you know, I when I, I started talking about it, it became aware to me how big it really was, you know, for the growth in Northeast Ohio. I think the epic moment in wrestling in Northeast Ohio and what's come to be called the golden era of wrestling, you know, the 60s and 70s and into the early 80s when, you know, you couldn't, crowds filled the arenas, was in 1969 when my cousin Tom Milkovich won his third state wrestling title. Unless you were there, you, you really couldn't equate it to almost personally. I've, I'm, I'm a sports fan, you know, from, from the day I was old enough to, to think. It was one of the most dramatic events ever. Everyone rose to their feet. He was battling a knee injury. He hadn't wrestled the last three matches of the year. He limped around the mat. He was losing one to nothing going into the third period. Came to a four to one victory, first third state title. And one by one, fans around the arena stood up and cheered for, it seemed like, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. It may have only been three or four minutes. But it really acknowledged not only a great wrestler, but how far the sport of wrestling had come. I mean, there wasn't an empty seat in St. John Arena. Um, the sport had really grown along, you know, with the Milkovich family and with Maple Heights High School. So the sport, the sport had arrived because of Maple, pretty much. Absolutely. And the Milkoviches. Um, in 1968, Cleveland uh, Plain Dealer, Sunday Magazine, had 12 pages of photos and articles about the Maple Valley Forge match. To this day, it was probably the greatest dual meet in the history of Ohio wrestling. It ended up 19 to 17, Maple won. But um, it had shown the growth of, of wrestling. And... You know, mainly my uncle, Mike Milkovich, who came in the 50s and built the program. And, you know, we were wrestling after school at 3 o'clock in gyms on mats that you'd pull together and cover with horse hair. Yeah. And, you know, by the 70s, they were filling Menor Gymnasium up, which, you know, today has a hard time filling it for the district tournament. You know, they turned fans away. And it had really been a development of the sport. My cousin Pat really more developed more in college. And... um you know, he was on track to be the first four-time NCAA champion. Yes. He won his first two years. His third year, and when he ended up losing in overtime uh, to John Fritz from Penn State, it was live on Wide World of Sports. You know, it parlayed that great growth in the 72 Olympic team with Gable and Peterson and Wayne Wells. Wrestling was growing in leaps and bounds, and Pat was the next step for that. You know, he had put it on the, the center stage. So I don't think you can ever take... Pat or Tom Milkovich or the entire Milkovich family, which really is a good sound to it, too. You know, sure. when you think about sports, families give you a warm, cozy feeling. You know, okay. we were a family, yes. the Milkovich family. 
and you know with wrestling how many are families. A lot of time, this is what it's all about. Yeah. But it all goes back to my uncle Mike Milkovich and the sacrifices he made and the way he ran at Maple Heights. And everybody wanted to catch us, you know, around. That's what makes people good when they want to try to beat someone. It gives them a target. I'm really happy to be part of it. At Maple Heights High School, I'll be starting my 40th year as head coach this year. Congratulations. That's yes, fantastic. it's been a long road. That and, is fantastic. Uh, as a team, we've, we won last year our 800th dual meet going back to the 1948-49 season. Yeah. Ohio High School doesn't keep you know records of that, but it's believed to be the most of any team in the history of Ohio. Oh, um, sure. I, I can't imagine anybody else yes. that had more than 800 dual meet wins. And uh, we had a district champion. Four guys placed at the district's. We have 100 kids in youth class from K to uh, 6. Fantastic. And uh, I'm really proud of Maple Heights. The city district, the school district, named the middle school Milkovich Middle School in honor of our family and my Uncle Mike. So uh, my cousins Tom and Pat's have been heroes of mine. They, When I, sure. I had a bulletin board and I had my Hank Aaron and Willie Mays cards, but right next to them I had my cousins because they were as big of a heroes to me yes. as anybody else. And you became an All-American as well. At Auburn University. Yes. and. Um, just wonderful memories, and it all because of wrestling. Absolutely. And what, one thing we've learned with it not being a professional sport, wrestling is an ends to a means. It's not the means itself. You know, well, we so. had opportunity to go to some really nice, prestigious universities, and um, I'll never regret my time with wrestling. Fantastic. And so could you leave the audience with one thought that is a Milkovich thought? <laughs> you know, I, I there's so many times I think of, of my uncle, but I think that he taught us to never – give ourselves limits and to, you know, if there was something out there that was the biggest hill and the biggest mountain, that's the one you wanted to climb. We didn't always get there, sure. you know, but that was what our goal was. Don't give yourself limits. Yeah, I, myself, when I went into college, you know, it seems good, big when you're in high school to be a one-time state champion, but when you go to college, you realize that ain't that big of a deal, yeah. but I would have rather failed going to the top of the level than, you know, have success at a lower level. And don't limit yourself. I think that's what we've taught Maple well, Heights. Thank you, Jamie Milkovich, and the phenomenally legendary Mustangs of Maple Heights and the Milkovich family. We are blessed to have you in studio and have had your cousins in this interview. We are all blood. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with Breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with Breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with Breslow the business of sports betting podcast